Hello, hello. Um, oh, fair warning. I'm recording this <clears throat> on the porch of a beach house because I didn't have any other time to do this. And this is going to be really annoying really quickly. I hope this all counts. So I'm doing, as you probably have seen in the post for this, the rich and fascinating history of the ISFL. Um, of course, I've been around since since season nine which is pretty long um so i've seen a lot a lot of shit go down over the years um way too much honestly but i think my favorite is the one i was most directly involved in and i think okay you're not allowed to have music that loud you're not allowed to have music that loud but it's 12 p.m and they're white so nobody cares Anyways, the one I was most directly involved in, which is the Chicago Butchers, and their initial creation. Now, the Chicago Butchers were created, I want to say, around season 17, 18, maybe? I don't know the exact date. Um, might be season 19. No, I was part of their first draft class, so I think it was season 19. Um, this is when I was a quarterback. Zach Vega was my quarterback. Uh, I was first drafted to the Minnesota Grey Ducks. Just give me background information. It's all important. Um, I was drafted to the Minnesota Grey Ducks in the DSFL, and I was drafted to the Chicago Butchers of the ISFL. I believe I was in their first official draft class. I was their franchise quarterback, which, if I'm your franchise quarterback, mm, little worrisome. <laughs> your franchise is not going to go very well. Um... But I was pretty confident. I was actually earning really well at the time. That was, I think that was my most consistent earning period was when I was Zach Vega, that quarterback. Um, so, oh, did I just step on my crackers? I, damn it, I did. Um, so let me take you back to the original part of the story. Um, so I'm drafted into Chicago, and I joined the locker room. I think Chicago had actually been around for a few years. I don't think I was part of their first draft class. Um, they have been around for a couple of years, but they were very dead. They just hired new GMs. Uh, they just had new GMs for the team. The le- the team as, a, as a, itself was pretty dead. Uh, the locker room was barren. I tried to be active there, but nobody would really talk. So it would just be me kind of talking to, I think uh, Slim was in there at some point. Um, I don't know who else was in there, but there's a bunch of people that were in there. That I talked to once and then wouldn't show back up. Because there's no motivation to. So. Team was very inactive. Um, Then. As time went on. They just started these new GMs. That after the whole Beck situation. This was also a major thing. This was the biggest. I think this was the biggest Chicago Butchers. uh, Beef situation. Was. If you go back to when they were first beginning. And Jiggly was the GM. Which. Jiggly. Look, look, look. I love you, Jiggly. I think that he is a soul, a kind soul. I think he has kind intentions for everybody. I don't think he ever means to harm a soul. However, when he was... I don't think he ever should have been given the Butchers as a franchise, as a GM at all. I just don't think. And they gave him the Butchers... Um, and 
his like his major his first major trade that he wanted to do. I believe it was his first major trade he wanted to do. Not that he did was try to trade for Bex, who was if you don't know, at the time Bex was she had just joined I believe a season prior and she was a running back and she was earning at super high levels and she I believe she was at a I don't remember where she went. I don't remember where she was drafted. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to go back and remember where she was drafted. Um, but she was going to go one overall, no matter what. So Jiggly really wanted her for, well, franchise running back. She ended up breaking, like, a lot of records, I believe, her player did. Um, but secondly, it was Bex. Um, years later, Bex would become commissioner. Uh, she did have a huge, heavy hand impact on a lot of league. Now, I think she's resigned herself to just the sim team. Uh, she's not on HO anymore. But, yeah. Back in the day, she's a pretty big deal. So, Jiggly made all these moves. Traded for a bunch of draft picks. Traded all, all the good players that he had. Most of them. Not all of them. Most of them. This is before I was a butcher. And I wasn't really active at this time. I think I was going through a lot of school stuff, and I wasn't really doing a lot of stuff league-wise. So I wasn't really around for this. I've learned all of this that I've learned through talking to people, looking through the forums, talking to Jiggly himself, talking to Bex about all of this. Just in case you're wondering where my stuff's coming from. If I get something wrong, feel free to point it out. Um, I've been trying to get most of this right, uh, but I might get a thing or two wrong. but most of it I can remember pretty well. Uh, after this point, I remember most things well. So he traded for these for these draft picks to try to trade up for Bex, the first overall pick. And it, there was no doubt Bex was going first overall. It was literally not a doubt in anybody's mind that she was going first overall. So I forget who was number one overall. I really forget who it was. They rejected all of Jiggly's trade proposals. Jiggly has all these draft picks, all this capital in future years too not just this year um and i don't know if that was what got him removed but eventually he was removed from the gm position it was a bunch of drama that was also when the swans thing went down that was a huge thing um but that was a that was something totally different that was a copyright thing i think actually it might have been a stealing art thing i don't know it was some sort of big deal anyway so after he was removed. They replaced him with, uh, I forget who it was. I forget who the James were at the time. But they made a couple other moves, made some draft picks. I believe I was one of the draft picks that uh, that uh, was one of the traded picks. I don't know when I was drafted. I think it was like round two or something. Um, I don't think I was around. I don't think I've ever been around first draft pick. Um, but after that, I was very involved with the team. Um, I as a person, um, from the, from the draft room, they, they, I was essentially, essentially I was an assistant general manager. I was in the draft room, uh, they asked me, cause I was the, the franchise quarterback, right? So they courted me with a lot of decisions. They asked for my opinion upon stuff. It was essentially, it was the most power I've been in. Um, outside of, like, the lacrosse league and, like, the one time I was assistant manager in the PBE or assistant GM in the PBE um, 
and wool. And there's the SBA. Oh, never mind. Forget my analogy. It was, most power, it was the most power I've had in the ISFL. That's better. Um, sorry, I took a sip of lemonade. So, this had this gone on for about a season or so. And then they... I was never... They had an inner circle, which was like five people. I wasn't in that inner circle. Those were like uh, guys that had been there for a while. Um, and this little inner circle would make trade... They would make trade decisions stuff like that. I was never really part of trade decisions. I was more or less part of like strategy decisions, stuff like that. I did some testing for them. Uh, stuff like that. That's what I did. I was never part of like trade decisions. But there were some times where I'd go to them and be like, why'd you make this trade? Or what was you doing with this? One of those times was, it was the middle of the season. And I was I was a season away from getting called up, right? Um, they communi- We had an off-season meeting about it. We had a plan. We had a spreadsheet based on what we were going to do. And uh, I was a season away from getting called up. And um, <clears throat> they, we were at the time a team that wasn't very good great uh the quarterback that we had was in regression i think it's the second season in regression um the team was old the pro team was old we had a lot of very young guys in the the minors um but the pro team in general was like on their last like if they i mean i believe they made the postseason the year prior but they like blew out in the first game uh by orange creek i think was it Orange Creek? Or was it... I don't know. Not the point. Not the point. Um, but... I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember how exactly it happened. So I don't, like, report anything. Any false info. And, like, uh, someone doesn't come after me for being deranged. Well, they're going to come after me for being deranged anyways. Am I right? Um, (laughs) sorry, um, so, they made this trade, so at the, at the time, we're a, we're a perennial, maybe three to five win team, so not really good enough to make the postseason, I figured they knew that, and I thought that they would trade away some of our good players and tank for the season, after like week two, uh, we'd won one game, I think, but it was like, um, it was a game against another team that was tanking, and we won by like three points. We got blew out another game after the first sim. So, from what we had communicated, me and the two GMs at the time, I'm not going to name names other than Jiggly, because I think Jiggly's like, that's the most important name to name, Jiggly and Bex. But other than that, I'm not going to name names. Um, we had communicated back and forth, um, that we would try to tank. That we weren't going to put energy into winning that season because uh, it wouldn't be necessary. We talked about that a lot on voice calls. That was, that was where a majority of where we talked was voice calls. Uh, so I can't just like throw up screenshots because we had a lot of voice conversations. Um, and I remember then they started making these deals that didn't make sense to me. There was like these little... They were trading some stuff for, like, that weren't that were just kind of lateral moves. They were trading for players. They weren't trading for draft capital. And I was really 
perplexed. I didn't raise it up with the issue because I figured, oh, they know what they're doing. And then the most perplexing trade happened. And this is what kind of set me off. They traded for a defensive tackle that was a year before regression. This would be his last year before regression. And he was all right. But they traded, I believe, draft capital to get him. Or at least they traded a young piece to get him. And he was like 800 TP. So he wasn't amazing. But he wasn't, like, terrible. And, like, this got me... I had an argument with him. I was like, why would you do this deal? He's going to regress next year. He won't be as good. And... It doesn't make sense. And he's like, well, we want to try to push the postseason this year. I'm like, why would you want to push for the postseason? That doesn't make sense. We're, we're a perennial three to five win team. This trade maybe makes us a four to six win team. And that's when we got a little bit of an argument. And then I made a post on... I made a post. Let me find it. Hold on. Let me find it. I will, let me find this post. Hold on. Okay. So I found the thread. So I made this post March 16th, 2020. Um, so there's a bunch of stuff that's in character or whatever, saying that I'm switching to wide receiver. I'd already been contemplating doing that because I wasn't really earning strongly to play quarterback um, at the time. It was still my strongest running player since my first player, since Jeffrey Murphy of uh, running back for the Arizona Outlaws who won my only Ultimus, by the way. Um, but this guy won MVP and best quarterback in the DSFL, but that was mostly a product of my situation. So I'm not going to try to take... Anyways, doesn't matter. Really cool paragraphs and, and character. And then I'm just going to read what I said. So I had to say this. I went out of Chicago. Then why did you resign? Quote, I thought I could trust GM and GM to be competent. The latest moves have clearly been showing otherwise. At the beginning of my tenure in Chicago, our locker room was dead. I've already stated a lot of this. Um, at one point in time, GM was a good GM. He made decent moves and had the team on the ups. It wasn't until the last couple of seasons when he made a bunch of bad moves. The whole Bex thing was really weird, and they still couldn't get anything out of it anyways. This was the thing that made people really mad. I haven't brought this up yet because I wanted to wait until I read the thread to really talk about this. It was the fact that they could, this is a quote straight from my article. It was the fact that they couldn't see what they were doing was wrong, that it was a bad move. They've created this bubble, or an echo chamber, of players on the team who think this was a good move. They consistently denied that the moves they made were wrong, and when presented with basic facts that proved them wrong, they would look them dead in the eyes and deny it. It's like arguing with a brick wall, and your GMs shouldn't be like that, at least in my eyes. To wrap it up simply, I want Chicago to trade me or just release me at the end of the year. I don't want to play here anymore. I'm not having fun. I'll be wide receiver after this year and out of respect for the I'll be a wide receiver after this year out of respect out of respect for the great ducks and their organization. Any team who wants me, come and get me, baby. And that was my post. So I'm gonna elaborate a little bit. The echo chamber thing was about those five players and about the other players on that team. When there's a lot of gen chat moments, you can go back well, you don't want to go back to 2020 Gen Chat. That was an insane cesspool. But any player, if you brought up anything negative about the Butchers, they would have a team of players that would immediately defend it, no matter what. There was no do wrong. The GMs, all the moves GMs were made were wonderful. They were great moves all the time, no matter what moves they were. There's a lot of cars. 
they made all these great moves. That's not how it actually happened. That was not what they were doing, no matter what you want them to think. So, there's a lot of, there's a lot of controversy uh, in these comment sections. Stennett was very rude to me, I felt like. Uh... But it was, the whole situation was insane. And I made that post, and this is what, so I'll just read what Stenet wrote. Stenet wrote, quote, good luck, dude. I'm sure people will be banging on the doors to sign someone of your, ahem, sordid, what does sordid even mean? What does that word mean? That's not a real word. Sim leak history. Um, the last trade included an active player who makes perfect sense for a team, a team trying to compete in a given window. That was the part that I focused on. So I responded, even if the player is active, he is regressing next year. A lot of cars. <laughs> even if the player is active, he is regressing next year and won't be good by the time the team rolls around. The point I was trying to make is that they are making moves like they are a 5-5 five five team at the deadline who needs one or two players to win an Ultimus when they are the exact opposite of what they are. That is the exact opposite of what they actually are. We are a borderline 3-5 to five win team, and adding an old defensive tackle isn't going to do much, but increase it by one. Excuse me. So that's four to six wins. Possibly missing out on a top pick. Oh, wait, we don't have our first round pick in the R slash NFL class. So that was the biggest thing, um, was they traded away our first round pick in the R slash NFL class. If you aren't very... Um, what's the word? Um, indulged in how this works. So the Arsenal NFL class is usually our biggest class. Usually a bunch of activity from that class. And usually it comes to the terms of you want to have all your picks. You want to have a bunch of draft picks. So we traded our first round pick in the Arsenal NFL draft class, which was terrible. I thought, I was thinking it's terrible because we're going to lose on a top active player. Because your first-round pick in the Arsenal NFL class is almost guaranteed to be an active player in the future. Um, and then Stennett responded, I believe. No, this is a different guy. I don't know who this guy is. I don't remember who this guy is. Um, one, how many... This guy says, quote, number one, how many first-round graded players are there in the Season 22 draft? That's the such NFL draft. Comparatively, the number of first-round prospects with a first-round grade is usually less than 32 in an NFL draft, which is why you see teams trade enormous capital for high first-round picks. It's the opposite of the Season 22 class. Which, no. Like, you still want first-round, like, that's a, it's a dumb comment. You can understand why it's dumb. Um, and then he says, second... I suggest you familiar yourself with VORP strategies. How about you familiarize yourself with some bitches, bro? Like, seriously, this was so annoying. Jiggly responded with a, a thing from an anime comic. Um, and that was it for the thread. There's a lot more stuff in Gen Chat. If you care to go back to March 16th, 2020, Gen Chat, and find all the stuff that was said um, about the whole situation... You can do that. I encourage you to. If you want to lose brain cells, <laughs> you can go back and read through that. But 
that ended up with, well, a few weeks later, I had to, um, was essentially retire myself anyways, because I had some family stuff, uh, my grandpa kind of died, well, he didn't know he didn't die then, that doesn't matter, he died later, but he wasn't, he wasn't feeling good, it's a whole thing, uh, and I ended up leaving, I don't remember, uh, I think I was, I think I was released straight up, and I signed with, who did I sign with? I don't remember who I signed with, but I was released. I signed somewhere, and I played by receiver for them for a year, um, but I was unable to do much more because I had family stuff, and I was auto-retired after that, and the whole thing, I think, is one of the, is the biggest scandal I've ever been involved with. Um, in the ISFL, um, but I think the thing, the biggest thing is, is that not a lot of people know about it, which is crazy to me, because it's such a big part of, like, my ISFL history, you know, and, like, like, stuff that I went through as, like, a player, and all this stuff, and it's such a huge part of my history, and, like, if I mention it, not a lot of people really know about it, like, I was talking to Numbers the other day, um, 12754, and... I mentioned about it, and he was like, oh, yeah, I remember that, but I don't really remember what kind of happened and stuff, but it was kind of crazy that happened. And I was like, yeah, dude, there's a whole thread about it. And I sent him the thread, and he was like, that's crazy. I don't know that, like, you made all that. And there's a lot more stuff in Gen Chat just about how stupid the Chicago team was at the time. Now they're on the up-and-ups. I don't remember, I don't know who the GMs are of Chicago now. I think it's CC and somebody else but now it's a lot better but that was like that's the biggest drama that i've been a part of that i can give firsthand uh testament to how crazy it was so i figured that that would be my off-season assignment was talking about um how the the riff uh partially caused the downfall that chicago butchers uh front office (laughs) um so, whose fault was it? I don't know whose fault it was. I don't know if you can sit here and say that it was one person's fault or another person's fault. Um, but I think the biggest thing about it is that it partially... Like, what made it so insane and what makes it, I think, why it should be still looked back upon to this day is that it happened and it basically caused the downfall of an entire administration um inside of a um like i talked to front i talked to ho about it like i literally had conversations with ho like hey this is happening i don't like it we had conversations i don't have the receipt logs anymore because i my old account got banned but um yeah it was pretty insane and i feel like um how do I say this? I think the biggest reason that it should be remembered and that why everyone should still think about it is that it was such a little little thing that caused this downfall. And then it just snowballed into such a huge thing. Multiple bad decisions formulated into the catastrophic failure of an entire front office. And I think the people, if you take on power in a, in a team that you should um, you should take the lessons from Chicago 
and put them, just think about them, think about them, you know, anyways, that is all that I have, I hope you enjoyed your history lesson on the Chicago Butchers, and um, how crazy they were, and how much I miss that time period so much, um, so, yeah, I don't, I hate closing these out, because I don't know how to, There you go. Enjoy. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That was so bad. (laughs) Okay, bye.